That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up? Thanks for tuning in to Sober Guy Radio. My apologies, my voice is a little hoarse, a little rough, a little rugged, more rugged than usual. Uh, thanks again to Humans for that great intro and outro of Sober Guy Radio. Always appreciate that. Make sure you check out some Humans music. That's some good stuff right there. Today's guest is James Swanick, and James is an Australian American motivational coach and speaker. He's also former ESPN anchor on Sports Center. And uh, he's also the founder of the 30 Day No Alcohol Challenge, which helps people to take 30 days off of alcohol, off of drinking, and kind of evaluate their situation and see what effects drinking is have having on their life, uh, both physically as well as mentally. And James is also the co-founder of Swannies. Let me tell you about the Swannies, man. These are some blue blocking glasses, which helps people get better sleep by preventing damaging blue rays from disrupting your nightly rest. And... uh Dude, they're so stylish, man. And James and his crew sent me out a pair of these a few weeks back, and I've been rocking them. You may have seen them in the the pictures uh, at the Nashville Foundation's Recovery Conference. I was rocking them the whole time there. They're super cool. They're damn stylish. And uh, not only do they look cool, but they really help block those Blu-ray lights from your phone, from your computer, especially if you're doing a lot of work like me on uh, on the uh, computer screen. Um, they're, they're super cool. And I'm not sponsored by by the Swannies or by James or by anything like that. So this is completely um, just user-based. Like I've actually been wearing these and using them and they're super cool. So we'll talk a little bit more about those in uh, in the interview. And we're also going to talk about one of my favorite stories in this, uh, in this conversation here is James talks about how he became an ESPN anchor on SportsCenter and how he actually bluffed SportsCenter into hiring him. He didn't have any um, television experience before landing the job as an ESPN international anchor. So it's a really interesting story of determination of uh, not giving up and the effects of not drinking on what that can really do for us um, in our lives. So we're going to get to James' interview in just a moment. First, a word from our sponsor. At Foundations Recovery Network, our mission is to create lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. In our history of doing good is the promise of your future getting better. So if you or someone you love needs help, please know we are here to help. And the sign on our door says, we care. We create an individualized treatment plan for the whole person, for the whole you, because to us, you matter. The first step to recovery is heroic. We know that. And with our heroes in recovery movement, we honor those who have taken that step toward recovery and stand up for you and stand beside you and stand together to break the stigma placed on addiction. Call our confidential and private line at 877-714-1318. We are here to help you and help has a phone number 877-714-1318. Make the call. We're listening. We're Foundations Recovery Network. 
Thanks to Foundations Recovery Network again for uh, their sponsorship of Sober Guy Radio and also for taking Sober Guy Radio on the road out to Nashville to do uh, a bunch of different shows with a bunch of awesome folks in the recovery and behavioral health care industry. I think we did uh, 11 or 12 shows in two days. Um, maybe it was 14. I don't know. It was, it was somewhere between 10 and 14. I actually lost track. It was right around there. Uh, but we really had a great time, and uh, I met a lot of cool people, spoke with a lot of good people in recovery that are really working hard towards uh, you know, providing resources and information on how all of us can help live a positive, healthy lifestyle free from alcohol and drugs. So thanks again to Foundations for, uh, for having us out there. Now, are you looking for a motivational, sober tracking app? If so, check out I Am Sober. I Am Sober is a motivational companion app for tracking your sobriety. Along with tracking your sobriety, it helps you reach key milestones like seven days or one month, and it sends you daily motivation along the way. You can also combine your stats with sober clubs and meet fellow sobriety seekers. You can find it on the App Store, Google Play, or you can visit IamSoberApp.com. That's IamSoberApp.com. And let's see what the I Am Sober motivational was this morning. It says, I am in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Love that one. Let's talk about living in the moment, being present in today. Let's not trip on tomorrow because there's going to be plenty enough bullshit to worry about then. Let's just focus on today. A couple more things and then we'll get to James. Um, Become a member of the Sober Guy community. Go to thatsoberguy.com. Sign up for updates. Join the private Facebook group, Sober Guy, Sober Girl, Also, check out six quick tips to quit drinking in 24 hours, a little guide I put together. It's not some magical, um, you know, magical way that's going to stop you from drinking or doing drugs by any means. It's funny. I had some feedback from someone on some, some dipshit on Twitter. (laughs) They, uh, they sent a message back and it's like, oh, this is a scam. There's no way this is a scam. Well, first of all, it's not a scam because it's free. Okay, so it, you just download the guide. I'm not getting anything for it. I, I, I created it to uh, offer some additional information that's helped me out. And uh, on top of that, um, it's not going to fix your drinking. I mean, that's up to you. You got to put the work in. You got to get to 12-step meetings. You need to get to you know, some, some recovery-based resources um, you know, in, in addition to the podcast and, and this little guide I put together. What it's really going to do is give you an idea. If you're pondering, if you're questioning the fact, do I have a problem? Um, I'd like to quit drinking. I don't really know where to start. This quick tips guide will give you some information on how you can get started. It also provides some resources in there. And you can get that by going to thatsoberguy.com and downloading the free guide there. Now, let's get to James Swanick. Folks, welcome to Sober Guy Radio today. we got a great uh, show for you today. We're talking with James Swanick. Uh, James is an Australian-American motivational coach, speaker, investor, and he was also a former ESPN anchor on SportsCenter. And uh, he is joining us today to talk a little bit about recovery and about what life is like today um, in the many adventures that he's experienced throughout these times. So James, uh, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Shane. It's great to be here. So let, let's start here, uh, James, and this is, this, is kind of a, this is kind of a fun question, and then we'll, we'll kind of dive into the background here. A lot of us that are in recovery that have experienced these crazy times of just madness, we've gone through some things that, um, that, that can just be outright crazy. And what's the craziest thing you've experienced, man, just that act of sheer madness when you were still just you know, in, that, in that trench of addiction? 
Well, you know what? I, I remember the first time, which was pretty horrendous. It was 1999. I was in uh, Port of Spain in Trinidad, Tobago in the, in the Caribbean, and I was watching a cricket match between Australia and the West Indies. Americans probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but <laughs> for, for us Commonwealth country, countries, uh, we understand cricket. I'm actually Australian-American. So, um, but I remember I was sitting in the sun all day just drinking beer, um, watching this game take place and I got really dehydrated and I was eating some local food and you know by the end of the day I'd probably knocked back a good 12 beers and maybe a couple of um, Jamaican rum and cokes and a few things <laughs> and and later on that night we went back to this this pub in a bar um, called the Pelican which is one of, which was an inf- infamous pub back there in, in Trinidad and Tobago and um, I started to hallucinate I started to shiver. Um, and my friends came up to my, my room and found me and I was lying on my back, literally just speaking absolute nonsense, shivering. And they said I was so hot that they could have fried an egg on my chest. Damn. Um, and so it was this weird thing where I was like super, super hot, but at the same time I felt really cold and I just wasn't making any sense. And, uh, they took me to a local hospital and, um, they put me on a drip and, you know, I was severely dehydrated, just massively dehydrated. Um, that was probably, that was a, a big wake up call. I wouldn't say that I then saw the error of my ways and yeah. like cut back, cut back thereafter, but you know, it took me many years, um, until, you know, another 11 years, in fact, to 2010 before I just decided enough is enough. And, uh, I started taking a 30 day break from alcohol. I said, I'll just keep going. And I haven't touched a drop of alcohol since 2010. And look, I, I want to clarify something. Um, I know you're you're asking me about addiction and sober and all those kind of things. I actually I'm a little bit of a different case, Shane, in the sense that I didn't feel like I was an alcoholic. I didn't feel like I was addicted. My feeling really throughout my adult life was, you know, I'm a solid social drinker, and um, you know, I would drink a few nights a week during the week, and I'd have two or three glasses of wine or a couple of beers and then on a Friday or Saturday night I'd really turn it on and I would binge drink yeah. and I would get and I would get drunk and I'd do stupid things and I'd wake up hungover um I never really considered myself like I'm an addict I'm an alcoholic it was just it was just so entrenched in our in our culture in our society that you just when you go out for dinner you drink when yeah. you go out on the weekend you drink heavily when you're watching the football on a Sunday afternoon, you drink a few beers with your friends and you know, maybe that turns into some mojitos and rum and Cokes and whatever. And before you know it, you've got a buzz or, you, or you're drunk and you're doing stupid things. So when I, finally, when I finally quit, it wasn't because I was like, oh my God, I've got a serious drinking problem. It was more like I was just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired from being hung over all the time. So yeah. I just want I, I did want to clarify that because I know you were talking about like addiction and, and doing those kind of things. For me it was more breaking the the social addiction, you know, where one's just it's normal. It's normal. Just, you know, drink, 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 drink to have a good time. And so for me it was just getting out of that kind of routine. Yeah, I think that's a good point, man. Um I think that it's uh I think it is really ingrained in our culture and our society um, you know, that that's, that's what you do, whether it's a game, a party, um, you know, just hanging out at the house, mowing your lawn. Um, I also think too, that there is, um, there's a stigma behind being, 
you know, an addict or an alcoholic yes. or how, you know, you, you put mm-hmm. that label on it. And I got to mm-hmm. say, man, it's, it's still a bit, um, it can be a bit confusing even, you know, I, I'm, yes. I've had a lot of, um, you know, I've talked with a lot of different people as I'm sure you have about this, this topic and, uh, still like just saying that sometimes can, can be a, um, can be a scary thing, but at the same time, um, you know, I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel like I'm, um, I'm scared to say it, if that makes sense, too, because sure. I, I know that, you know, for me, it was an issue. So when you, when you say that, do you think that it's more and was it an internal issue or was it just an issue with society? Like what like kind of what's your take on on that aspect of it? Yeah, well, I'd say I I don't say when people ask me why I don't drink, I don't say, well, I had a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. I don't say I was addicted to alcohol. I just say I took a break for 30 days and I felt amazing. So I just kept going and that was it. Um, I I don't say that I was an alcoholic because I genuinely feel like I I really wasn't. Um, uh, Likewise, when people say, oh, James has been sober now for six or seven years. Honestly, I feel a little bit awkward about that because I don't don't like the word. I don't actually, for me, I don't like the word sober because it actually implies that I had a huge, massive drinking problem to begin with. Um, and a lot of people do. Like, I know you're that sober guy, right, Shane? Like, you're that sober guy. And I understand that for you. But for me, it was always like, I always feel a little bit uneasy when they say, yeah. oh, you've been, James, James has been sober six, seven years. I'm like, well, actually, for me, it's like I've just chosen to free for six or seven years. Yeah. Um, why is there a stigma around it? I don't know. People, I see people like when I tell them I just decided not to drink alcohol anymore, they were always <laughs> looking at me suspiciously like yeah. he was an alcoholic. He had a drinking problem. Yeah. You know, like even though I tell them I just, you know, I just feel amazing not drinking. So I feel for anyone um, who's quit drinking and society judges them. I mean, it's it's tough. But I don't yeah. know why yeah. people do it. I mean, it's I guess well, no, I know it's, and I, I, I totally get what you're saying, man. And it's, it's such a, um, it's such a good a debatable topic too. And the fact that, you know, like when, when we say, oh, I'm an alcoholic or I'm sober, um, I think that there's, I don't know, maybe for me or from, from others that I've kind of talked to about it, I think there's something about acceptance with it. So maybe like for me to say I'm sober or for me to say like, I had a drinking problem, you know, it was a real issue for me. I grew up in an alcoholic family, like those types of things that we hear often. Um, maybe it helped, you know, maybe it helped me just, um, just come to terms with the fact that this is an issue. And if I don't address it as an issue, then I, you know, cause out of the many times that I tried to say, you know, no, I don't have a problem. I'm just doing what society tells me to do or not tells me to do, but it's all I know. Basically it's what everybody does for me. That just didn't work. And that that's a personal choice. Just like yours is a personal choice too. And I respect both ends to the fullest, but I just, it's so interesting how different, um, how different we can be when it comes like, and I'm under the firm belief that whatever works, whether it's a 12 step program, whether it's just saying like, I quit for 30 days and, and that's, that's it. And you know what? It was, it felt great. And I haven't had a drop since, I don't really care what it is as long as it works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think yeah. no, no matter what, we're both on the same page in that aspect. And that's, I mean, living life in, you know, alcohol-free, sober, like it is one of the best things that has ever happened to me in my life. And I'm sure you'd probably say the same thing. So yeah, I 100% agree with you. You know, whatever gets you to the point of either 
significantly reducing alcohol or quitting alcohol entirely, you would say that's a success, right? So it doesn't sure. matter if you have to or you don't have to call yourself a recovering alcoholic or call yourself sober or call yourself in, in recovery. It doesn't matter how you get there as long as you know, you're happy with getting there. Sure. So I, I, I created this program called 30 Day No Alcohol Challenge, right? And people come in there and I inspire and help people to quit alcohol for 30 days. Most of the people who join that program don't consider themselves alcoholic. And the reason that they enjoy doing that program is because they don't want to call themselves an alcoholic. So that works for them, right? That's a section of, of drinkers who they don't feel like they need to have the drink, but maybe they take that they're, they're they're having the drink to relieve them of their stress. They're having the drink, you know, three or four dr- drinks a night after work to just calm themselves down. They realize that that drinking is affecting their relationships. They're irritable. They're not sleeping that well. Um, maybe they're, um, you know, re- social drinker who knows that drinking is affecting them in a negative way, but and they want to quit for thirty days and then either stay quit or you know, significantly reduce afterwards. The point of this, it, the point is this, it doesn't matter whether you consider yourself an alcoholic and you say, hello, my name's James and I'm an alcoholic, or you say to yourself, you know what, I just know I drink too much. As long as you can find a way to reduce or quit and, and whatever works, whatever way works for you, that is a huge win. And Shane, you're doing great work with what you're doing, you know, because you are helping people who struggle with that? It doesn't matter which way you do it, as long as you do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in agree, in agreement with that man. Like, there's no, um, you know, I don't think there's a, a a right way and a wrong way. Um, I do think that people's, you know, people are different, and so, and some people's levels of, um, you know, of alcoholism or drinking issues with alcohol issues with drugs. Um, are so, so deep that, you know, that requires therapy and 12 step program. I mean, it just, it just depends. So I think it really does. I mean, I guess the point of this is really does depend on the person. I think a good question to ask though, in this, that keeps coming up in my head is like, I hear the question a lot. How do I know if I have a drinking problem? Like, how do I know if I'm, am I an alcoholic? I mean, I've, I've pondered that question many, many times before I got sober and um, that's a tough one too, because really only, you know, inside, if you have a, an issue, if there's something going on, if it's affecting your work, is it affecting your marriage? It is a, is it affecting your life in general? And do you want to stop? I mean, that's that debatable, you know, that debatable, good, good angel and bad angel in your head, I guess that can, that can play tricks on you, but um, definitely an interesting topic, man. And uh, I want to, I, I kind of want to get in now to, to, to who you are, James, like what, what was life like when, when you were, uh, when you were still drinking, when you were still partying and then, uh, transition from that into, into life today after, after you, uh, quit. Yeah. Well, look, I grew up in Australia and drinking is very much part of the culture there. So, you know, 18th birthday party, you get drunk and then you, you vomit in the garden bed in front of your parents and, <laughs> and in front of your friends and they, they, they pat you on the back and go, go on, skull, 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 and you know, drink a, <laughs> drink a bottle of Zambuca. 
And then, you know, you, you have Sunday afternoon barbecues and your father gives you a beer, for, you know, and you stand around and then you go and watch sports and you drink beer and then 21st birthdays, you get drunk and, and you know, and then you get into your 20s, you get into the workforce and you're, and, you're, and you're working and then you have after work drinks with your colleagues and so you'll go down the pub or to a bar and you might knock back two or three wines and then maybe you're, you're into, you're having a, a romantic lifestyle and you've got a partner and so then you go to dinner and you drink a bottle of wine and so for me really right through my um from my late teens and all through my 20s I was just drinking the way that society says is okay to drink so I was having a few beers or a couple of wines during the week and then on like I said before on weekends I'd really turn it on and I'd get drunk um what happened was is that when I was about uh 33 um I Stop playing sport. I, I used to play rugby for Los Angeles Rugby Club. I lived in LA for many years. And I stopped playing sport and I just, all of a sudden, over the course of a year or two, I started to put on a lot of weight. I put on about 40 pounds, in fact. I, was, uh, I got up to about 219 pounds. And I realized that my, as my weight increased, so did my, my need and desire to drink more. So I actually found myself drinking a lot more, not, and that that combined with not exercising made me put on a lot of weight. And I remember in 2010, Shane, I was in Austin, Texas at the South by Southwest uh, Film Festival and I'd gone out on a Friday night. I'd had two Bombay Sapphire gin and tonics and I went back to this hotel 20 minutes out of Austin and I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and I had a shocking hangover, like a splitting headache. And it was, only, it was literally I only had two gin and tonics the night before. Yeah. But I looked in the mirror and I was like 40 pounds overweight. Uh, I was eating poorly. I was drinking a lot. And I went to an international house of pancakes right adjacent to the hotel, an IHOP. And I sat down to order like the all-you-can-eat pancakes. And I remember looking at all the people like eating pancakes with whipped cream and and having this like really terrible hangover and headache. (laughs) and And I looked out the window and I went, James, enough. Come on, man! It's time. It's time for a break. It's time for yeah. a break. And so I sat there, Shane, and I just went. You know what? I wonder if I could go thirty days without alcohol. I wonder if you know what would happen. And so I literally just made a personal bet with myself. I said, starting right now from this very moment, as I sit here hungover in this IHOP, in a, a twenty minutes outside of Austin, I'm going to go thirty days without drinking alcohol. And so that's what I did, and I just steeled myself. So. You know, the first seven days were pretty hard. It was socially awkward. I even went out on a date with a girl and I, I pretended like I was drinking vodka soda even though I was yeah. actually drinking soda because I didn't want her to think that I was, you know, not drinking and make her feel uncomfortable. Um, but I'll tell you what happened. After 30 days, I lost 13 pounds of fat just from stopping drinking. My skin got better. I slept better. I woke up with more clarity and focused. I was more productive. I realized that the quality of my relationships improved dramatically. And on day 30, I just went, man, I feel so good from this. I'm just going to see if I can go yeah, for 40 just days. just keep going. You know, I, and I, I just, I got to jump in here real quick because, man, like, that's just sheer willpower. And I tried that so many times. Like, I tried to do, to do that, to say, hey, I'm just going to stop for, like, I would go back and forth. I would just, I would go smoke weed instead, right, for two weeks mm-hmm. and say, oh, I, I'll quit alcohol. I'm not going to drink now. And I would always go back. I would always go back. And it wasn't till I stopped and I said, God, like, I need help. Like, I'm an alcoholic. Like, I have a drinking problem that I was able to quit. And so the irony in that is just so crazy to me how one person can do it on sheer willpower, like you did. 
And like, for me, that just didn't, it just didn't work, you know? So I guess that it kind of takes me back to this whole conversation we had previously about, am I an alcoholic? Do I just need to cut back? That whole battle is such a tough battle, man. It's in a more like, um, that's so, it's so rad that you were able to do that. And then, so, so you go 30 days and then you mm. even, not only do you not go back, but you continue to go on. And now, you know, it's, it's been years after that. So uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, man, but it was just like that, that willpower. I admire it, man. I'm kind of jealous of it actually, dude. <laughs> well, thank you for saying, you know, that I, that I use the willpower. I mean, I feel for, for people where willpower is, is really not enough. Um, you know, in, in those situations, getting professional help may be more effective. For me, just doing it on my own and just reminding myself that the pros of not drinking far outweighed any temporary illusionary mm. benefits of drinking was just strong enough for me to just to just keep going. And yeah. and really the, the hardest part Shane for me was was literally that first 7 to to 10 days. And I'll tell you why because you know you st- you start depriving your body of the very poison that you've been feeding it almost every single day of your yeah. adult life or for however long you start to feel anxious, right? You start to feel irritable. You sleep, don't sleep very well. You kind of get a headache. Um, a lot of people who take my 30-day no alcohol challenge program, they say that in the first seven to 10 days that they get some side effects, you know, like yeah. because li- literally you're depriving your body of the very poison it's, been, it's become accustomed to. But, I, but I'll tell you this. Um, it, if you can get through that first seven to 10 days, it becomes a lot easier because you start to notice all of the positive shame. You start to notice like the weights, the skin looks better, like you, you, your looks improve, mm-hmm. your sleep's better, like everything just starts to come good. So what what finally clicked for you, James? Like what was that? I think you kind of described it already in, in sitting, you know, sitting in the in the restaurant and and it just kind of hit you. But was there something even more more fierce than that 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 just kind of like just really woke you up um, and just said, man, like I'm tired of this shit. Even maybe even after the 30 days, once you hit that 30 day point, was there that point where you just said, man, I'm not looking back. I'm just, I'm going to continue to to go from here. Well, I'll tell you what it was. I wasn't destitute. I wasn't poor. Uh, my family raised me pretty well. I, I, I was doing okay in life. I was making okay money. You know, I, was, I, I wasn't out on my ass struggling. I was yeah. doing okay. But being okay for me was just being mediocre. It was just, it felt like I was living at like a five out of 10. It was like I was just existing in the world. Yeah. So it's not like I'm, it's not, not like I'm not like I'm doing well either. And I just knew I was capable of so much more. And the drinking was holding me back because when I drank, I would wake up foggy. And when I was yeah. foggy, I wouldn't focus on the business that I really wanted to start. And because I wasn't doing that and because I was eating, eating crap food, I would put on some weight, which then sucked into my, my self-worth, which didn't give me confidence. And because I didn't have yeah. confidence, I wasn't out there making things happen. So for me, it wasn't like I've got to get out of the gutter. For me, it was I got to like start really living my life because I knew I had all this damn potential and I wasn't fulfilling. (sighs) I wasn't realizing it. So the drive for me, Shane, was I don't want to live life just existing in the world. I don't want to be a five out of 10. I want to live life at like a nine out of 10. 
Yeah, that, that's such a great point, man. And and so many, so many of us out there are stuck in that. You know, what, no matter what scale it is, our full potential cannot be reached if we're waking up hungover after two tacos and a jumbo jack the night before, and we're feeling like dog shit. We're not, you know, we're not getting healthy. We're not staying well mentally as well as um, you know physically. Uh, those types of things, man. And, and I think that's a great point. You just exist. You sit there and you literally exist. And and to have that that knowledge or that thought, like, I don't want this life like this. I'm not here to just, just sit and exist, man. Um, it's uh, it's a great thing when you actually get out there and get after it. And so that kind of leads me into this too, that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, you're a former ESPN anchor and I'd read, I, I'd read an article about how you had broken into um, into that into that position as an anchor on ESPN, and I'd love for you to share with the audience on on the determination and the drive that it took for you to get there. Yeah, thank you. So here's how here's how it went down. I had dreamed of being a television host. I used to do pretend uh, news videos with my brothers uh, back in in about 1990. We'd get the home video camera, those old VHS things, <laughs> yeah, and I'd, yeah. I'd tend to be a news anchor. And 20 years later in 2010, uh, I quit drinking. You know, that was when I quit drinking. And I'll tell you what I did. After that 30 days, I drew up, I drew up a list of, of my friends and I went, I'm just going to start going into every relationship now, figuring out how I can help people rather than thinking about how someone can help me. Mm. So with that clarity of not drinking, I literally went on a two-week rant, started connecting with my friends and asking them, hey, man, how can I help you? Who can I connect you to? And one of those people that I helped out about two weeks after that, which was about two months into me not, not drinking, said, hey, James, ESPN is looking for an international anchor to host SportsCenter. And I thought you'd be awesome for it. I know the producer. Do you want me to introduce you to the producer? And I'm like, hell yes. <laughs> yeah. Zero TV hosting experience, by the way. Never, yeah. never been on TV before, just pretended to be. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I, I reached out the, to the producer and because I had clarity, because I had drive, because I was clear in mind, because I wasn't drinking, because I wasn't hungover, because I was sleeping well, I just went, I'm going to get this job no matter what happens. I'm just going to make this happen. So I flew out to, to see the producer in Las Vegas. He was visiting um, um, for, for a weekend. I went out there. I met him. I took him to lunch at the uh, Hard Rock Cafe on Las Vegas Boulevard. And at the, the end of that, he said, yeah, you know what? Maybe we'll get you over to, to Connecticut where ESPN is, is, uh, ESPN's headquarters is. And maybe we'll get you to do an audition one day. And I was like, okay. So I flew back to LA. He flew back to Connecticut. And then I thought, that's not enough. I got to get out there somehow. <laughs> so I, I bluffed him a little bit. I actually sent him a, an email and I said, hey, Sean, that was the name of the producer. I said, hey, coincidentally, I'm going to be out in New York <laughs> next week. Maybe because I'm there on the East Coast, I should just pop on over to ESPN and do the audition then. So I figured that if he said, sure, come on over, then I'd just buy the ticket and go over to New York. And if he said, no, well, you know, and if you're, if you're going to be over in, in New York, then sure, come on in and we'll do the audition. So I just yeah. bought the ticket, <laughs> flew to New York, 
So I go down into the to the famous Sports Center studio. I sit behind the Sports Center desk. I put my earpiece in, and all I got to do is just read the words on the teleprompter, right? And yeah. but I have a panic attack, Shane. Like I'm so nervous. I've wanted this for 20 years, and I start to like freeze up. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I've got this fear of failing. I got this fear of success. What if I get the job? What if I don't get the job? Oh. And the director in my earpiece goes three, two, one, and all I had to do was read the words on the teleprompter, and uh-huh. which is what I did. But it came out really bad it was like hi i'm james swanick welcome to sports center let's start with the nfl and i was like oh my god when it was over i put my head in my hands and i was like oh Oh, i just we went up to the producer's office we looked at the tape of me doing it and the producer said flat there's no energy you know thanks for coming i don't think this is going to work out and in that moment i had a choice right it was like like just go back to la with my tail between my legs i've missed my shot or am i going to try and push and go again so I said to him, listen, I know, I, I know that was a bad audition, but can I please have a second shot? Can I just, because I know I can do this. Can I just have a second shot? And he looked at me and he paused and he went, okay, I respect you for asking. Come back tomorrow and we'll go, we'll, we'll try it again. I went, thank you. So the next day I uh, came back, went down into the studio, put the earpiece in, looked at the teleprompter, the lights are all on me. I'm in the sports center studio and I'm like, come on, James, you can do this. And I have another panic attack. I'm like freaking out again. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to blow this. And finally, I just said to myself, James, just pretend like you're back in Australia in 1990. Your brothers are filming you. Just relax. Just go for it. Yeah. So the director goes three, two, one, and I look into the camera and I say, "Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Sports Center. James Swanick here, alongside Anthony Howard, here to take you into the weekend with a smorgasbord of sports. Let's start with the NFL." <laughs> I just crushed it, huh? Yeah, I crushed it. And yeah. then the, the producer looked at the tape and he goes, "Okay, good energy. You look the part. I'm going to put you on the air in two weeks." Oh and shit! Two weeks later, I, I made my debut hosting Sports Center on on ESPN. If your listeners want to see like a video of me um, uh, making my debut or you want to just read a little bit more about that story, if yeah. you just go to blog jameswanick.com and just type in um, how I bluffed ESPN, you can see a sort of a longer version of, yeah. of, of, of that story. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And we'll make sure we put that in the show notes uh, so so listener, uh, anyone listening out there can, can get a more detailed um, uh, description of that because it, it really is. It's a great story. It's It's got some comedy elements to it, but I think the – the real, the real takeaway from that story, man, is that you didn't give up. You didn't say, you know, I mean, you, you, you could have said, ah, fuck, I suck. I didn't, I didn't do well. And you could have hopped on back on that plane and went back to LA with your tail between your legs, basically. But you, you, you didn't accept that, man. You didn't accept that, that no for an answer. You said, let let me have one more shot. I know I could do this. And the determination it takes. And you know, when you really want something bad enough, you can get it no matter what it is, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from. It does not, it does not matter. And I love that story, man. So thank you so much for sharing it. Well, thank you. And, and, and listen, I want to make sure that, I, uh, that you, you and your listeners know that I attribute you know, that, the success in getting that job to the fact that I wasn't drinking at yeah. the time. Yeah. You know, like if I had been drinking, maybe I wouldn't have flown to ESPN. Maybe I wouldn't have flown to Vegas. Maybe yeah. I wouldn't have so clear headed and focused to make that happen. Maybe I was just waking up being hung over and going, ah, eh, yeah. whatever. Maybe I'll get to it someday. But because I was clear in mind and I hadn't drunk in a while, and also because I started helping other people, they started helping me back. So there's there's yeah. a lot of cool cool little lessons in that. Well, sure. And, and, I, and I see what, you know, if it were me and I just put myself in your shoes, the, the, the minute the guy told me no, 
that would have been a great excuse for me to just go get hammered and just say, you know, wow, yeah, fuck everything. Like I don't even care. Now I can just go have my have my drinks and I can just wallow in myself, pity or whatever it is. Thanks for sharing it again. And let's um let's kind of get into the Swannies now, man. So you're the co-founder of Swannies. They're blue blocking glasses, which helps people get better sleep by preventing damaging blue rays. Uh, from disrupting your nightly rest, and uh, and you and you you look great while <laughs> while wearing them too, man. They're they're super super cool. You guys were awesome enough to send me a pair. I've been rocking them around. Tell us a little bit about where you came up with the idea for Swannies and uh, how that kind of evolved and where it's at today. Yeah, so just to give you a little bit of context, if your if your listener is is you know listening to this on your cell phone right now, um, if you look at your cell phone, there's blue light that is being emitted from the display at the moment. Now, in the daytime, that's okay because you're awake. But if you're looking at your cell phone or your iPad or your computer or a TV screen at nighttime, that blue light is preventing your body from creating melatonin. And melatonin is what helps you fall asleep and then get into that deep restorative sleep throughout the night. So the problem today is that there's too much light at nighttime, which is blocking our melatonin, disrupting our sleep, causing us to, to store fat and, you know, mess up with, mess our whole bodies and our minds up, generally speaking. So I was out in Palm Springs with some friends and my friend walked in wearing these big, ugly safety goggles, these big orange safety goggles, you know, those ugly things that <laughs> yeah. people wear when they're trying to protect their eyes from flying stones and things. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? We're in a nice restaurant and you look like, <laughs> you look like a freak. And he's going, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to protect my eyes from the blue light, man. I'm like, yeah, but you look like an idiot. <laughs> Take those things <laughs> off. Anyway, I, I went back. I bought a cheap sort of $7 pair of safety goggles um, back at home, and I wore them for a week to test them out. And I remember watching episodes of Mad Men, that AMC TV show, and I put these safety goggles on, and I realized I, st- I, I never got through an episode because I got so sleepy and I just I fell asleep. And I'm really? like, wow, blocking the blue light really improves your sleep. The problem was is that I'm just vain enough, Shane, that I want to look cool when I'm when I'm yeah. wearing them. Yeah. So I spent a year trying to like figure out how I could put that orange lens, which blocks the blue light, into like a very stylish frame. And finally, I, I after a few different prototypes, I came up with you know what I have now, which are the Swannies blue light blocking glasses. You wear them like an hour and a half before you go to sleep. You watch TV, you can work on your cell phone, you can use social media, it blocks the blue light. Uh, and and the cool thing is, is that you can wear these glasses out in a social situation. So you can go to dinner with people and people are going, oh, those glasses are interesting. Tell me about yeah. those. As opposed to, you look like a freak. What the <laughs> hell are you doing? Yeah. What are those big ass things covering your, I, I think I had an old baseball coach and he used to wear those. He'd wear them out to practice and he had his, he had his, um, uh, his, eyeglasses on underneath and then he'd have the blue blockers over and they're you're right man they look like a mad scientist or something man <laughs> and uh you know and and they're they're so legit like i i was telling you earlier i wore them to the nashville conference uh for for the foundation's recovery conference out there and uh, i wore them the whole time they they looked cool and they they do help man i've been sleeping great since you sent them over so and dude i saw you had uh, arnold schwarzenegger rocking them man i was cracking up at that photo how'd you catch him yeah, you know, I went to his home in uh, Brentwood in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a charity event that he was having there. And, uh, you know, we got to, I got to meet him. I got to hang out with him for 45 minutes in his really? kitchen. Me, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and maybe four other people just talking about life. And he asked me about the, about the glasses because I was wearing them. And I yeah. told him 
they improve your sleep. And, uh, you know, he, he put them on and I, I ended up taking, um, doing a little video on my Snapchat and then yeah. I, I um, took a photo of him wearing him. And, you know, if you want to see that video or you want to see the photo, just, you know, you just go to swanniesglasses.com and you can see Arnold Schwarzenegger rocking the glasses. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, loved- he, 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 he really did. I saw the quick video too, man, and he was, he was stoked off. I think he was having a nice big cigar. It's a cool, yeah, cool dude, yeah. I'm sure, man. It's pretty ironic, isn't it? Like he's wearing these these glasses that help you sleep at the same time he's smoking a cigar. It's <laughs> <gives> your <lung> cancer. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but yeah, that's that's cool stuff, man. And so uh, for anyone anyone listening, yeah, check out the Swannies, man. They're definitely legit. I I would recommend them. Like I said, I've been wearing them, and they're super super cool. Um, let's uh, let I got just a couple more questions for you, James, and then we'll we'll wrap this thing up. Um, we're gonna I, I have one more question actually, and then we're gonna get into the heart and hustle round, and I'll tell you what that is in just a sec. So. Um, if someone out there listening, maybe they're caught in between that that space where they're not really sure if they have a problem. They think maybe they have a problem drinking. They're drinking too much. Um, you know, they they just they want to change their life. They want to live up to that full potential, like you and I discussed. Um, regardless of of any any circumstances, um, you know, which can all come around that. What advice can you tell somebody out there listening who is maybe questioning the fact of giving up drinking? Well, if you're questioning it. Then, then I would just say take a 30-day break. Just try it. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to quit drinking forever. I'm just saying try or just quit for 30 days. And then after that, you can decide. Um, I took a 30-day break from alcohol. I loved it so much. I just decided to keep going. If you're asking yourself that question, and you want to know if you are an alcoholic or if you have a problem, then chances are that you know drinking is just not serving you in some way. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have a serious problem. It may do. It may just mean that you're realizing that drinking is not serving you. Um, there is a quiz that I created um, to help you kind of figure out what type of drinker you are. If you go to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com forward slash quiz, you can answer a couple questions there. But even if you do that or you don't do that, if you're asking yourself that question, I would just encourage you, try to take a break, whether it's 30 days, 7 days, 14 days, and then just test. Feel your body. See how you react. And if you like it and if you see positive from it, then you know, keep going or yeah. just choose what you want to do from there. Yeah, no, and I and uh, I I would agree with you on that, and I respect that, and I I also though I just want to preface this with, if you're on the other end of that, and you know you're you're getting in trouble, and you're having some bad health effects from your drinking or your drug use, seek some professional help, whether it's a doctor, a twelve step program, whatever it is that you do. Like I like you know James and I were talking about. There's different levels of this. There's everyone's situation is different. Um, they're similar at the same time in certain circumstances, but, um, you know, it's, it's really up to the person to really self-evaluate. And if you think you're at a point where, you know, you're, you're, you're really, you're really down and you're really having some issues, definitely, you know, seek some professional help on top of that as well. So, um, I agree. I agree, Shane. I, let's, uh, so James, let's jump into the heart and hustle round, man. And this is, uh, this is a, a quick little round we're going to do, and then we'll wrap this up. You put your heart into each answer, but hustle it up in 30 seconds to a minute. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll have five questions. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Let's do it, Shane. All right, man. Here's the first one. This is one of my favorites. Where's the weirdest place you've ever thrown up and the weirdest place you've ever woken up? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that, is a, that is a great question. 
Well, the uh, the weirdest place was probably uh, in my uh, home garden back in Brisbane, Australia, uh, on my twenty first birthday party. It, it wasn't weird because of the location. It was weird because my mother was watching me do it, and all I could hear her saying was, "James, oh James." <laughs> so, so that was pretty weird. Uh, having my mother kind of like judge me as I'm vomiting in her garden. Yeah. Um, what was the second part of the question? Sorry? And the, the other one was, where's the weirdest place you've ever woken up? Oh, the weirdest. Oh, okay. The Vecchio yeah. Bridge, which is in Florence, Italy. <laughs> I was out, I was backpacking through there and uh, I got locked out of the hostel because I missed my curfew. I was out drinking very heavily until 3 in the morning. There was a 3, 3 a.m. curfew. I got there at 3.05 and they wouldn't <laughs> let me in. So I went for Rossi Knoll, sort of just to the right of the Vecchio Bridge bridge once in Italy and I fell asleep there and I woke up about 8:30 with some uh, with some locals looking at me very strangely <laughs> giving me peculiar looks. <laughs> yeah, who who is this guy just sleeping here, man? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number 2, what's the best thing about not drinking? Well, that's a great question. There's so many, but the yeah. best thing the best thing about not drinking is that you wake up every day and you know that you are uh super healthy, super clear in mind, super focused, you've had a good night's sleep, you've got a smile on your face uh, and you know that even if you, when you get irritable from life, because that, that happens, yeah. that you can just go and exercise or breathe, heav- or breathe uh, uh, heavily and that you don't need to rely on alcohol to get through that stress. That is a great feeling. And the, other, the, the coolest thing about it also is that when you stop drinking alcohol, you tend to really attract very healthy people into your life because a lot of my social group now, Shane, most of them little or don't drink at all. And you just start hanging out with people like yep. that and those people are super healthy and positive and just getting things done and your whole environment changes. Yeah. Um, number three, what's the one thing you know now you wish you would have known when you first quit drinking? You don't need alcohol to have a good time. Society tells us that drinking equals pleasure, right? Or drinking equals stress relief or drinking equals fit in. It's complete BS. Yeah. You do not need alcohol to fit in or have a good time. I haven't drunk since 2010 and I have so amazing friends, some of whom drink and some of whom don't drink, but most of them only drink very little or not at all. And I go out and I dance and I party and I jump on tables and I do crazy things and I do it all without drinking. Yeah. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper too, I'll tell yeah. you, Shane. <laughs> cheaper and no damn hangover in the morning either, man. Gosh. Oh, yeah. So um and so no, number four, um, what are it's you've already mentioned a couple of them. Maybe there's a couple more. What are some things that you do in place of drinking? Like how do you stay without alcohol in your life? Well, I still go out to dinner with friends at night and I just order mineral water or, or soda water or water. My favorite drink is water ice and a piece of lime. So I don't really, I haven't really stopped going out at night. Like a lot of people think, oh, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to have to stay home and lock yeah. myself in so I avoid temptation. No, I go out probably even more than when I was drinking. And I just, and I find that I have a lot more fun because the conversations are deeper, they're more of substance. And I'm just drinking water the whole time. So that's sure. awesome. 
So now I have, I feel like I'm having more fun because when I'm drinking water, I'm hydrated. When I'm hydrated, I'm energetic. And when I'm energetic, I'm happy. And when I'm happy, I attract ha- happy people into my life. And when I attract happy people into my life, I feel motivated. And when I'm motivated, <laughs> I do the business that I want to run. I yeah. travel. I want to travel. I just, I start creating my, my universe. So another cool thing I do is I, 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 when I was dating, I have a girlfriend now, but when I was dating, I would schedule um, dates for morning times. So I would like, let's go on a hike. Let's yeah. meet at 10 a.m. and go on a hike. Let's meet for a morning coffee and a walk. Those things are super, super cool and make you stand out. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's, that's a great point too because what you're doing is you're changing up those routines and that's a huge thing in, in trying to stay sober and not have alcohol be a regular part of your life where we all get stuck in those routines and that's a great example that most of the time when you would, if you would go on a date, something along those lines, you're going to go out, you're going to go to a club, you're going to go to dinner. You're switching that pattern up by doing that. Let's go to coffee. Let's go to, let's go on a hike. Um, let's do something positive in the morning time to start our day off. Um, and, and that, that's a, that's a really great tool right there that you can use out there is just changing up the regular routines that we get stuck in. Mm, and I'll tell you what, when you make a plan to do something early the next morning, whether it's with a platonic friend or a romantic partner, you don't want to stay out late. You don't yeah. want to be out drinking. You know, yeah. you, you have a great excuse to go home early, get to sleep and get up early to attack a beautiful new day. All right, James, number five, last but not least, where can listeners find more information about you, about the Swannies and anything else going on in your life today, man? Thank you, Shane. I appreciate that. So yeah, the most simple thing is just go to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com and I I give you a free book there, Seven Ways to Socialize Without Drinking. So I literally go through like the seven best ways I've found to go out there, have fun, party uh, without drinking. Um, So yeah, just go to 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. The blue light blocking glasses, if you just go to swanniesglasses.com, that's S-W-A-N-N-I-E-S glasses.com. Uh, and if you go there, I'll give you another free book, Seven Weeks Better, um, which includes, you know, obviously wearing blue light blocking glasses, but there's six other ways that you can incorporate uh, into your life so you can get better sleep. I'm on the, I have the James Swanick Show podcast, which you can find in iTunes, and then my main website is just jameswanick.com and I'm on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat at James Swanick. James, thanks so much for joining us on Sober Guy Radio, man. You're the man. I greatly appreciate your honesty. Uh, much respect to you and thanks so much, man. Shane, thank you for having me and thank you for all the great work that you're doing and helping people reduce it with alcohol as well. I really appreciate you doing that. Thank you.